Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is Tuesday. So glad you're here for the Three Martini Lunch. We have bad, crazy, and crazy martinis for you today. All of it brought to you by Stamps.com. Right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in Three Martini. So, Jim... I'm really glad now, especially glad we did the two good martinis yesterday, since we don't have any today. Uh, let's start with the bad. Uh, things were definitely better with the earlier curfew and the presence of some National Guard in the streets of Washington, D.C. last night. It wasn't perfect, but it was certainly much better than the past two or three nights. Much different story, though, up in New York City. Unlike more rational mayors, I'm not going to give them credit for being totally rational, given how a lot of them have reacted over the past several days. But more rational mayors have curfews, you know, around sundown, seven for Washington, D.C. Others had eight o'clock, not Bill de Blasio in New York. He goes with 11. And as a result, the looting, the mayhem, the fires continued. Uh, the flagship Macy's store there on Fifth Avenue looted, ransacked. So many other storefronts, windows smashed. Uh, again, more looting, stealing, pillaging, fires uh, up and around the Bronx. I saw a video of lots of different fires in the Bronx last night. Uh, the police, in a number of different ways, uh, was interesting to watch. Uh, some police uh, were viciously and deliberately attacked. I saw one on a sidewalk having something thrown on top of him. Others seemed to be congregating nearby, but not really responding to what was happening at some of the stores. So it's absolutely baffling. And Jim, uh, I think your boss, Rich Lowry, put it pretty well here. Uh, he said on Twitter last night, has anyone ever done so much to kneecap a great city in so short a time as Bill de Blasio? Even the New York Times is basically saying de Blasio is a failure. And this is a mayor who just a few weeks ago, of course, was vowing to drag people from swimming in the East River uh, due to a violation of lockdown, stay-at-home, social distancing orders. But he's uh, rolling out the red carpet saying he's going to do whatever he can to uh, facilitate the protesters, even though they're clearly not following the social distancing recommendations. So what do you make of this all? Yeah, Greg, you know, it's interesting. I remember the president saying famously that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. That has not yet been put to the test, but apparently you can loot on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. Um, the sound of sighing you hear is that of David Dinkins, uh, sighing relief that he's no longer on record as the worst mayor in New York City, modern New York City history. Uh, the de Blasio has now well surpassed him. Um, there's just so many different places to begin. You point out that, you know, the, the, uh, if you're going to have a curfew, by 11 p.m., things are already burning. By 11 p.m., it's already dark, and the worst offenders have come out to uh, continue their mayhem. So 11 p.m. curfew doesn't do you any good. I want to call attention just to one aspect, though, of um, the way de Blasio sees his job in this particular moment. As many people have noted, de Blasio has explicitly said that he will protect those who are out protesting. This is right after he had broken up ultra-Orthodox uh, funerals for, for violating the city's curfew laws. And, you know, he you know, infamously tweeted out, my message to the Jewish community is the time for warnings is over. He goes after these folks like they're groundhogs or something. Um, but fairly recently, de Blasio was asked why protest was allowed and prayer services aren't. And de Blasio's answer was, quote, 
500 years of American racism, I'm sorry, that is not the same question as the understandably aggrieved store owner or the devout religious person who wants to go back to services. Wow. So he's very, very clear. He has two different standards. He has one standard for people who are protesting uh, police actions, and he has another standard for people who are otherwise law-abiding, but who want to gather in groups larger than the quarantine. The quarantine laws apply, or the quarantine restrictions apply, on the people who are already law-abiding. They don't apply to these other protesters. Bill de Blasio fears the anti-police protesters. He fears the rioters. He fears the looters. He does not fear Brooklyn's ultra-Orthodox community. This is a failed mayorality at every point. Hopefully things will uh, clamp down. Again, you have to start enforcing the law earlier in the day. You cannot basically say, well, we're going to require that. I, I'm, I'm, there was a, also, by the way, worth noting a very useful um, and I think important op-ed from my uh, friend uh, Robert A. George, who was the New York Daily News, where he pointed out, de Blasio stopped talking about the quarantine once these protests started. He made maybe pro forma or perfunctory references to it here and there, but by and large, he has no, it made very clear he has no indication of enforcing quarantine rules on protesters in New York City. Well, when you've decided the quarantine is optional for one group of people, it becomes optional for everyone else. Um, I think he, uh, uh, Robert, used the, uh, the the metaphor that you know the the metrics and everything being used to measure the effectiveness of the quarantines is now burning like a New York City police cruiser. Um, you know, the argument of, of Robert George was it's time to repeal all these restrictions, let the city function as best it can using common sense and good judgment. Uh, you know, I guess there are some people out there who think that, you know, a burning police car, the smoke from it will kill off the coronavirus or something like that. Look, we may have a huge outbreak of cases the next two to three weeks. Well, no, we're going to see, you know, because it's outside and people, a bunch of people are wearing masks. Maybe it won't be so bad. Some people get in sunlight, stuff like that. On the other hand, there's certainly more than six feet, you know, less than six feet apart. And lots of people are shouting, which is probably very bad for this. So we will see how this shakes out. Um, but I think you now may want to ask yourself if Bill de Blasio ranks amongst the all-time worst American leaders. Uh, and as you mentioned, having done so much damage to Amer one of America's greatest cities in such a short period of time. And Jim, this question may get answered in a couple of weeks more clearly, but uh, does this suggest then that de Blasio is so scared of the demonstrators that he's not even willing to protect their health? Or does it mean that he was on a power trip before this with everyone else? Could be both, I guess, but- uh... Oh, yeah, about both, but yeah, but most, I'm gonna say mostly the latter. Uh, it's the same way that like, you know, people really like to crack down on licensed gun dealers for the possibility of crimes being committed by them and not by unlicensed gun dealers. Right. You know, going after gang members who are giving guns to their fellow gang members, that's dangerous. The gun store, it's always right there. It's got a permanent address, as Kevin Williamson points out. It's not going anywhere. Exactly. And I'm guessing gun sales are going to be pretty brisk here in the next few weeks. But mm -hmm. uh, that's just a... Uh... Wow. I, I think you're probably right about uh, the fact that he was on a power trip, Jim. Did you notice that uh, with everyone distracted by uh, the riots and the protests that Gretchen Whitmer also said everybody can go back to their lives yesterday? I don't think that's a coincidence either. Yeah. Well, somebody pointed out, you know, look, in Detroit, um, what's going to kill you faster? The violent mobs or, you know, seeds at Walmart? Oh, that'd be very interesting to see what, uh, what happens to her favorability over the long term here. But uh, anyway, let's talk about our wonderful sponsor, Stamps.com. For all of our sakes, whether it's uh, still being concerned about the coronavirus or your physical safety, you need to avoid crowds any way you can right now. What if you need to go to the post office? Well, if it's downtown in some cities, you might want to avoid that too. But you still need postage. You still got a life to live. You need to send out letters and packages. So what do you do? 
Well, don't worry. Stamps.com is here to help. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save some money with discounts that you can't even get if you bother to go to the post office. So as if that wasn't enough, Stamps.com also now offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no UPS residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or anywhere else you are hunkering down right now. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller who needs to ship out products, or you're just working from home and you need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. You simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, you just leave it for your mail carrier. You can schedule a free package pickup or you just drop it in the mailbox. No human contact required. It's that simple. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off of every first class stamp and up to 62% off of shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially now, saving you time and money and keeping you safe in these crazy times. Right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale, all without any long-term commitment. All you have to do is go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Three Martini, all one word. That's stamps.com. Enter three martini. Stay safe, my friends. We mean that more than ever this week. All right, Jim, let's move to our first crazy martini now. And uh, it's been weird. It's been maddening to watch different members of the mainstream media and different political figures dance around the destructive nature of some of these activists. I'm not even going to call them protesters. I think they're infiltrating to do as much damage as they can. And there's a lot of people out there for noble purposes who are getting overshadowed as a result of it. But the mainstream media refuses to uh, somehow separate the two. And a lot of Democratic uh, political figures do as well. And yesterday, the Fairfax Democrats, this is Fairfax County, Virginia, which has gone increasingly blue over the past decade or so, uh, they retweet a statement. Uh, it's hard to know exactly what this guy's name is from his Twitter handle, but the statement is, when President Obama included the Stonewall riots in his second inaugural, he didn't make that decision lightly. Riots are an integral part of this country's march towards progress. Let me repeat that last sentence. Riots are an integral part of this country's march towards progress. Well, that tweet's no longer up there now. There's a long statement from a guy named Brian Graham, who's chairman of the Fairfax County uh, Democrats. And, but the tweet above it says, FCDC, Fairfax County Democrats, does not endorse rioting. We support the right of peaceful protest and condemn violence. A volunteer retweeted a message without leadership review and was subsequently removed. Peaceful protests are important because hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then in the statement, uh, they talk about how they're going to revise their social media policies, Jim. So uh, it's always a low-level staffer, uh, apparently, in these things. So uh, what do you make of this? Just uh, some volunteer who actually got carried away here or uh, a bunch of malarkey, as Joe Biden might say, from the Fairfax Democrats? I suppose I should be glad they didn't go with the traditional IRS excuse. Ah, it was rogue, low-level employees in the Cincinnati office. (laughs) 
Um, look, you know, on the one hand, when you see these sorts of excuses, it could be accurate. It could be that you, you know, the, the uh, I remember Acorn in the infamous uh, James O'Keefe videos kept saying, look, we, we just have really badly trained front office people, the, the, you know, the, um, the people who greet you. It, it's poor, low level staff training. We're going to fix this. And O'Keefe kept out with one more video and one more video and one more video, each one in a new city, indicating they had lots of, you know, if, if this was a problem, it was not one or two bad apples. It was systemic. Now, look, this could very well be a lone volunteer who had this attitude of riots are important and good for us. Um, it, it is kind of interesting. I'd be curious how many party organizations give volunteers access to the, you know, the county party Twitter account. Uh, I think, you know, look, does anyone doubt about the power of Twitter these days? Does anyone, you know, at a time when the Twitter corporation feels the need to step in and put warning labels on certain tweets from the president of the United States, does anyone doubt the effectiveness? This is, you know, in some, some might argue this is even more effective than a newspaper article or a, a you know, local television news segment about a particular subject because it's unfiltered. It is, you know, there's, there's nobody to pick and choose what parts of the story they want to tell. This is the, the party's ability to speak directly to the voters. My guess is you wouldn't want any old schmo being able to put stuff up there out operating in your name. I, I'm glad they recognize that, you know, riots are not a winning message here in Fairfax County. Um, we're the kind of, you know, like the, Fairfax County is big. It's got a million people in it. But by and large, this is, you know, white collar suburbia. Um, you know, there are plenty of Democrats here, but generally they are white collar government employee Democrats not radical, let's burn down the system Democrats. And so I think that they probably got pushback within, not just from the local Republican Party. Although my understanding, Greg, is that both uh, Fairfax County Republicans said they didn't like it. So, <laughs> um, you know, look, this, you know, if nothing else, this is why you know, interns or, uh, you know, average volunteers should not be controlling the communications methods of the entire organization. You would not have your volunteers going out and giving the, uh, you know, give, giving statements behind a podium for some sort of official statement. You would not have them, you know, putting out, you know, official legal memos or stuff like that. I don't understand why you'd say, hey, volunteer, here are the keys to the Twitter account. Just say whatever comes to mind. I'm sure it'll be fine. All right, Jim, on to our second crazy martini now. And uh, of course, all of this started in Minneapolis with the police-involved death of George Floyd. We had two different autopsies come back. And while slightly different, both concluded that uh, George Floyd was killed and the actions of the police officer there are directly responsible for that. And we'll see if that leads to additional charges or if the other officers subsequently get charged now. But the question is what to do about it. Obviously, you could have a constructive uh, dialogue both locally and, and, and more nationally. Uh, you could figure out ways to um, connect different sections of your, of your local community there in Minneapolis. Or you can go the pandering route, and that's what Joe Lockhart has done. Joe Lockhart's a former Clinton administration spokesman who apparently, Jim, uh, did work for the NFL, which I was unaware of until uh, he wrote this column. He says, the situation in Minnesota right now offers a unique opportunity to deal with the symbols of racial injustice. As a small but important step, the owners of the Minnesota Vikings, Ziggy and Mark Wilf, can send a strong message by offering Colin Kaepernick a contract to play with the Vikings. Bring him into camp. Treat him like any other player. Give him a chance to play the game they love. It will not solve the problem of blacks and police violence, but it will recognize the problem that Kaepernick powerfully raised and perhaps show that with courage, real progress can be made. So, Jim, I always love solutions that admit in the solution that it's not going to solve anything. But uh, what do you make of this? You know, Greg, let's go for it. Now, it's easy for me to say as 
I am not a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. And as a Bears fan, I assume you'd be like, sure. <laughs> Let's bring in Mr. Sideshow, excitement, make himself the headline, full-time political activist, part-time football player. Let's put him on the Vikings roster and just see what happens. But I'm almost at the point now where I was like, first of all, if, he, if, if an NFL team signed Colin Kaepernick, Greg, this would mean that lots of people would have to stop complaining that Colin Kaepernick is getting mistreated. You'd probably find some new way to complain, but you know that complaint would stop. And that just looks really refreshing right now. Um, I like the idea of, of that. And let's let, put him in there. Maybe he's still got the, the, the moves. I don't, you know, maybe, he's, maybe he doesn't. And if he goes out and he looks lousy in preseason, you cut him, well, okay, it's based on, based on what he was doing on the field. I think this will have absolutely no effect whatsoever. But it's such a bad idea. I almost want to go for it just to be able to say to Joe Lockhart, see, see are you happy now? You know, like, and honest to goodness, if this actually would bring calm to the city of Minneapolis, the state of Minnesota, or the country, let's do it. Let's let put, you know, put that big purple uniform on there, Colin Kaepernick. Let's see how this goes. Good luck to you. Um, and I, I'd be thrilled if that would actually calm things down. But I think, I think Lockhart is correct. This will not actually solve the problem at, you know, at all. And my guess, like, I, I, the only thing is that maybe you'd increase looting of um, Vikings jerseys amongst Kaepernick fans. Is that, is that the likely outcome there, Greg? I don't know. I'm torn on this because the Bears defense always plays very well against uh, Kirk Cousins, and he just got a massive new contract, so I assume he's going to be the starter. And that will be the next battleground if they were to sign Kaepernick, is that inevitably Kirk Cousins will underperform in a big game because it's kind of what he does. And uh, then, the, then the calls will be out there that uh, Kaepernick should not just be on the roster, but he should really be starting and uh, that he should be making something close to Cousins like money. So uh, it's not going to stop just, uh, just in case you sign him. But, um, you know, I think you could find, though, this could build consensus across almost the entire country. Certainly the owners and fan bases of 31 teams would say that maybe the Minnesota Vikings need to jump on this grenade. <laughs> Take one for the team, metaphorically, and give us a, a better uh, uh, future. Again, I don't think it'll likely do any good, but I almost want to try it just so we could go to Joe Lockhart and say, well, we tried your idea. See how that worked out. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. For the most part, Bears, Lions, and Packers fans be like, yeah, sir, sounds good, sounds good. What happened to Joe Lockhart, by the way? I mean, he's always been a lib, but now he's like a, a, a radical bomb thrower out there on Twitter. Well, I imagine if you are a look by the standards of today's left, the Clinton administration was arch conservative, right? And all, all these all these tough on crime measures that Joe Biden got through. Look, they were all signed into law by Bill Clinton, and and Bill Clinton, you know, uh, the Clintons had their disagreements with the Bernie Sanders left and all that kind of stuff. Bill Clinton had no problem with making money on Wall Street. The Clintons had no problem. They just you know they didn't like other people making it as much, but they didn't want Wall Street to go away because they wanted to make their money. Kind of a uh, a revealing uh, assessment here. I think there's probably some misplaced uh, yearning for their youth, dare I say. And so we'll see how, uh, you know, if this changes. My suspicion is if you're a, a Clinton, former Clinton team member, you feel really out of it and you feel like the world has passed you by. You can't be a conservative. You know, that would be wrong. That, that, that would, you know, that you couldn't possibly acknowledge the conservatives had a right. My, my guess is you're going to see more of this kind of, you know, you know, frustrated baby boomers yearning to recapture the idealism of their youth because, you know, we haven't had enough of that, Greg. Oh, hipsters everywhere. Jim, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. <laughs> see you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Do not forget, please, about our wonderful friends over at stamps.com. Could not be more convenient to get all your postage without having to go to the post office. 
four-week trial plus free postage, digital scale, no long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in three martini. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a kind review, get us on those home devices, and we will see you on Wednesday for the next three martini lunch. <laughs>